Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. The show with Jim Florentine is about to start. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Blue Apron. You can admit it. The last thing anyone wants to do after work is wait in line at the grocery store, schlep home and cook a complicated meal. An expensive, unhealthy takeout is hardly any better. That's where Blue Apron, you guys have probably heard me talk about them before. You've heard other people talk about them. That is where Blue Apron comes in. They deliver farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your home, allowing you to create healthy, handcrafted meals without having to go to the grocery store, without having to deal with what do I do with all these leftover ingredients? How do I measure this and cut it? And just all the stuff that like shouldn't be a barrier to cooking, but just is. Blue Apron makes it all go away for less than $10 per meal. They send you fresh ingredients, perfectly proportioned. It makes cooking healthy meals easy and fun. So again, no trips to the grocery store, no waste from unused ingredients. And you'll learn to cook with specialty ingredients that are normally hard to find. It's perfect for date night, cooking with friends. And they even offer family plans with kid-friendly ingredients. So the whole family can eat well and have fun preparing the meals together. Each meal is about 500 to 700 calories, but you never know because they They are so tasty. Cooking takes half an hour. Shipping is flexible and free, and the menus are always new. They won't send you the same meal twice. Uh, You can cook incredible meals like chicken with lemon, mint, chives, potatoes, sugar snap peas, spring onion hash, uh, Indian curried zucchini with beluga lentil salad, cherry tom chutney. These are just a few of the things. um, They're all so good. So cook incredible meals and be blown away by the quality and freshness. With Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. Check out this week's menu and get your first two meals free by going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Again, that is your first two meals free, blueapron.com slash Allison. First two meals are on me when you go to blueapron.com slash Allison. Okay, here's the episode, The Return of Jim Florentine. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here with return guest Jim Florentine, comedian, podcaster, TV personality, prank guy, guy who likes a lot of pepper on his chicken sometimes. Welcome back. Yes, all of those things. <laughs> what a resume. It's it's very impressive. Uh, how's it going? Good. How about you? Things are good. It has been. I was just looking it up. You were last on the show in May of 2013. Wow. And I listened back. It was, uh, we got into a lot of really heavy shit, which I love, but I had forgotten how much we, I mean, we talked about all sorts of stuff, like from light stuff to you, um, losing your girlfriend to suicide and how that impacted you and feeling always like you wanted to, you know, the, your one man show. Yeah. Which is called Savior. I'm, I'm savior. your savior. I'm your savior. Yeah. yeah. Uh and all of that. And just yeah, we it was um it was a good episode. Thank you. I do I, I do remember talking to you about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what podcasts are about. You just talk personal stuff. People love hearing that. Right. They you know? do. They it's do. almost like they they like they're man, it feels like I'm listening on your conversation. That's what I like. So and where else can you be honest about that stuff? You try right. to do it on stage, it gets a little weird. In the comedy clubs. That's why I was doing a, sort of like a one-man show about mm-hmm. it because the crowd would be like, wait a minute. We're here to he- hear penis jokes. 
and drinking and driving and that kind of drugs and pot and stuff. Wait a minute, I, I didn't sign up for this. Right. Some people know, get it, but then, you know, you get the other half of the crowd like, come on. Oh, man, this is a bummer. Where are the jokes? Exactly. They they, they can't have like th- five seconds of seriousness, seriousness in an hour and a half show. Well, which I is always weird. wonder, uh, comedians who have podcasts, how that impacts their stand up. Because I do also think, though, there's then the podcast audience who's like, I know what you sound like when you're not, you know, erecting any sort of artifice when you're just being totally open. And I want to hear that. Yeah. The problem is, you know, most of the comedy clubs, people just want to go there to laugh. Right. And, you know, so that's why I was always doing that one man show in like little theater. I tried to do it in comedy clubs. I remember this one place in like, uh, I think it was in Cleveland or wherever, the improv there. They wound up giving out free tickets at the last minute because they wanted to just fill a room. You mm-hmm. know, they don't give a shit. It's not art. Obviously, you know, and then people came in like a bachelorette party and they were like running out because my friend was like in the in the lobby with merch. I was like, what kind of show was this? <laughs> he had me in tears. I'm like, good, good. Um, ha- have you been doing the one man show still? I put it on hold because I had to do like I, I had to film like a regular comedy special, just a regular stand up special. But I'm going to go back to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just I put it on hold for a little while. So what have you been doing in the last couple of years? And also, what are you doing now? Uh, you know, just uh, doing a stand-up and, um, you know, I just filmed the comedy special and doing a lot of acting work. I just, just done Louis' show, Louis C.K. show, and I'm going to be in Amy Schumer's new movie coming out. Oh, Trainwreck? Yeah. Very I cool. I got a little part in that. Who do you play in that? Uh, just like a guy she has a one-night stand with. <laughs> I always get those roles. I always get the jerk guy roles. What do you make of that? I, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't have to do any research. That's what I get out of it. No, because it was. I did a movie with uh, Jenna Fisher a few years back called A Little Help. Mm-hmm. And the guy who wrote the film and directed it, he said, when I was writing this par for this guy to be a jerk, have a one-night stand with Jenna Fisher, I only thought of you for the role. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. He goes, so you're the only one audition for it, so don't mess it up. And I did I actually get the role. But he's like, yeah, I was thinking of you as I wrote this. I'm like, I don't, th- I don't know if that's a, a compliment or not. I don't think it is, although it's great for your acting career. But I feel like it's not... Uh, what does that mean about what people think about you? Yeah, I. Well, look, then again, as long as I get the role, that's fine. Look, because I'm sarcastic and dry, so yeah. I could come off as like an asshole, you know. And, and I have a good poker face, so you know when I mess with people or whatever like that, I, I you know you could come off like an asshole. And I did crank anchors, so we're basically pranking people. So you're basically an asshole. You're bothering people if you really dig down deep. Well, you also were taken to court because one of your prank calls involved saying that you were giving your girlfriend an abortion at home. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, there is. Exactly. You, you know, <laughs> you go, you think that it, there's no line like, ah, that, that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm not going to get in trouble for that. And then you figure out, you know what? I, w- I went way over the line. You know, what's funny is when we were talking um, last, I asked you, do you know where this comes from, this desire to put people on and, and uh, make prank calls and all that. Because some of the prank calls happened when you were 34, which I thought was very funny. I'm still doing them this You're still day. doing them, okay. Yeah, I haven't done – I messed with tele, I originally started to mess with telemarketers when telemarketers would call, and I did a bunch of them. And I haven't done one in about seven years, and I just started working on a new one. I got about half through. I know I'm like – I can't believe I'm still making prank calls, but it's still <laughs> funny. Now, in, in your seven off years do you feel like your talent has uh blossomed or did you was it were you rusty getting back into it i was a little rusty i was a little nervous yes mm-hmm. i've been away for a long, i thought ah, i grew out of that but i didn't but then i, I <laughs> but then i realized i said all right if i'm going to do this i got to go back to the roots i got to go back to the childish ways i mm-hmm. can't think i'm above it 
like, oh, I'm going to do a serious, you know, even though it'll be funny. So I said, right. I got to go back to you like. can't do like a Shakespearean take no, on Frank calls. Nope. I got to go back to like be, being a band in the garage. Metallica's last record, they were like, you know, they went off the hook a little bit. Right. And Rick Rubin came in as a great producer and just said, all right, this is what you're doing. You're going to go in the garage in a sweaty garage and practice like you have no money. And that's what you're doing. And then, you know record all the stuff and then I'll listen to it. And they would keep him in the garage for like eight hours a day for like three weeks. And that's, a, and that's how they came up with a great record. So I said, all right, I got to go back to the roots, be childish, immature. I still like that. Don't, don't pretend I'm not. doesn't matter how old you are. And, uh, it's coming along well. I know that we're kind of joking, but like, what would a highfalutin adult take on crank calls be? I don't know, just maybe because it was like, uh, you know, maybe a bathroom humor. Like, I don't oh, want to do bathroom humor because right. it's too easy or kind of sex stuff to put them in like a little spot. Like, ah, that's too easy. But that's how I basically made a career by like burping into a phone and doing <laughs> stuff like that. So I'm like, why not go back to yeah. the basics? Do the stuff that works. It was People funny then. It. Exactly. I got the gig on TV because I was I knew how to burp into a phone. And they were real burps. <laughs> so I'm like, what, what am, all of a sudden I'm serious now. I'm a serious actor. I'm a serious prank phone call guy. No. <laughs> right. Uh, and where will these end up? Have you? I assume you've been recording them. Yeah, they'll end up probably by the end of the year. I'll have a, an album full of them. Everyone hates telemarketers. It's easy though because mm-hmm. everybody roots for you. They all hate telemarketers. So it's when you're doing crank calls like crank anchors, people are like, oh, you, you're just picking on innocent people. But when it's telemarketers, nobody has any mercy. So right. it's, it's so it's a lot easier, right? So yeah, before I was asking you like, where does this come from? This this part of you because you were explaining that you love uncomfortable situations like you just love that you love when you're buying something at a store and they ask for your club card your cvs card then you'll the example you gave then was that you'll say that you don't have one because you're on probation yeah or i'll just go yeah um i i don't have one i live in florida they go well there's bed bath and beyond in florida I go, no it is not they go no 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 it's definitely it's a whole chain it's all around the guy go now i they're like, no, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shorted down. I go, look, I, I drive for a living in Florida, and I look at every store when I'm driving. And I've never seen one. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, do you want a car? I go, well, I live in Florida. Oh, I, I'm, this is the only time I'm going to be here. And then they're just like, all right, I'm just going to leave this guy alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's talking about. I know they're down there. One woman was going to check it up. I can look it up on the computer right now. I go, don't even look it up. So what what is this part of you that loves uncomfortable situations? Because I'm more like, I think probably – the majority of people where I hate uncomfortable situations so much that if someone calls me by the wrong name, I won't always correct them. Like I hate uncomfortable situations. I, I just don't, I think it's more like stupid questions. So I just, I, I'm like, there's, there's no reason for that. You know, when they go, do you want it? When you buy something, they go, do you want the receipt in your hand or in the bag? That That's a stupid question. Who cares? What is it? What's the difference? Right. If you put it in my hand or the bag, I don't know. You make that decision. You know what I mean? So just stuff like that, that just irritates me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it comes from. So I just make it uncomfortable. Right. But you had you gave the example of being at a restaurant and wanting a steak knife with your chicken. And like, do you remember this one? Yeah, yeah. And they give, yeah, they give you a little butter knife. I'm like, why? With a steak, you always get a steak knife. Right. And they'll never give you a steak knife for the chicken. I don't. I never understood that. And I'll ask for it right off the bat. Can I get a steak knife? Like They look at me like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then... 20 minutes later my food comes i still don't have the knife and then i gotta ask and they think i'm an asshole like it's my fault and you talk but you talked about really pressing the issue of wanting the steak knife and all your friends were like they're you're gonna get spit in your food blah 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 but you didn't i think your friends were getting uncomfortable but you didn't mind yeah they because they always say don't mess with them because because my whole thing is like have you been here before when you go in a restaurant it doesn't matter if i've been here before 
It really does. Unless you're cooking the food at the table. I forget what those places are. It doesn't really matter. So I just go, yeah, I just came in. I, I was here once. I came in to use the bathroom. <laughs> and they don't know what to say. They're like, oh, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, I had to go really bad. So I just pulled over. Why? <laughs> and like, oh, no, because we, we, I just want to tell you about our specials. Like, you know, no other restaurant has specials. Right. There, there's no reason to say, have you been here before when you go in a restaurant? It really isn't. It's all the same. It's the same shit. We're sitting at a table. I see the kitchen back there. There's a we, bar over we there. We do things a little differently. Here's our menu. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. So what do you do? Oh, well, you have specials. Yeah, because right. no other restaurant has specials. And if it's a restaurant like, is it Morton's that has the whole explanation at the beginning? No matter how you answer, they're either going to put on their show or they're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. And just tell, we know there's nothing different about 99% of restaurants. There's nothing different about them. So you don't have to say that. Oh, I just wanted to let you know how a menu works. I know how it works. I open it up and I fucking read it. <laughs> That's how it works. And I pick something. There you go. So you've returned to crank calls and you're doing more acting roles and you're out here. You, do you still live in New Jersey? Yeah, I still live in New Jersey. You have one kid still? Yep. I, as opposed to more than one is how I meant that. Although I realized no. that I was about to back <laughs> no, into a right. super awkward situation. No, that's right. Yeah, I got one. He's four and a half. He's awesome. We're born on the same day. You are? Share the same birthday. Yeah, it's great. That's cute. Yeah, he's awesome. And you're out here doing stand-up and... I'm doing a little stand-up and meetings and stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. I just filmed a comedy special, so we're trying to sell it. We're meeting with different places and all that, so... Where'd you film it? In New Jersey, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Found a nice little theater, did a one-hour comedy thing. You know, the usual thing. Right. Yeah. The theater, the comedy, all that crap. The next one I want to do, that's why I want to follow up with a one-man show, do a more serious thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so, you, you know, and I love coming out here. 80 and sunny every day. It's beautiful. Are you a warm weather guy? I love it. I know. I, I don't know why I live in New Jersey. I only live like 25 minutes from the beach, which is uh-huh. great. But I love the warm weather. I'm in the wintertime in New Jersey with firewood. I got a, a, all electric my house. So I got to put firewood in constantly. My, or my electric bill is like $1,200 a month. <laughs> so I'm just lugging. And three o'clock in the morning, I'm putting more firewood. And I'm like, what am I doing here in New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't understand this. But I, I like it. My roots are there. I got seven brothers and sisters. My mom's still alive. We all live within 15 minutes of each other. I pretty much live in the hometown I grew up in. It's about 30 minutes outside the city. I see all my friends that I've known since first grade. So you have to have a, another kind of life besides a comic, just hanging out with other comics and being miserable and just bitching about everything else. You know, you have to go to barbecues and do just normal shit. Are you someone who is given to that comedian misery? I was in the beginning. Yeah, you get you get caught up in it. And I'm just like, I, I can't, I got to have some other, I got to go to concerts. I got to do, go to sporting events, just do some other shit, mm-hmm. you know, hang on my son and just go to Chuck E. Cheese, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it's going to be. You just have to live life instead of being married to it. It's good in the beginning because you really need to just focus on that and get a good set and get ahead and make good connections and stuff. But at some point it gets really lonely when you get to a point where you're older and you know, there's nobody around and those other comics wind up getting married and having kids and moving and then you're stuck by right, yourself right so well that's something we talked about before you had said that for the longest time and i remember i related to it quite a bit you said that for the longest time your dream was just to have a beach house and be alone yeah and your therapist was like you're not going to be happy if you have that you need people and you're like no i'll be fine but then it turned out that you were alone right i was alone yeah because i am someone too i mean it depends on the day how much i feel like that but 
I'm I'm so affected by people that oftentimes my default is like I just want to just being alone sounds blissful to me. And yet I think just being alone, it's kind of well, lonely is not how I feel when I'm just alone, but actually I feel fine. I don't know why I started that. Well, it all depends. Look, as a comic on the road, you're alone. You're in a hotel room for three or four days. Mm-hmm. You're by yourself. You might know the opening act. You might be able to bring somebody, you know, so you'll see each other. But you basically, you just do the shows at night. And then when you get home, you, you're alone again. So there's never a time when you're not alone. Right. So, and I thought I wanted that. And I just remember, like, I finally moved into the place. I'm like, this is this is awesome. You know, I'm in my 40s now. I'm like, this is great. This is going to be. So it's like a Tuesday night. I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, what do I do? And I call my nephew up. I'm like, he's, he was 22 at the time. He's like, I go, hey, what's going on tonight? What are you doing? He's like, ah. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm just hanging. He goes, oh, come on over. Me and my friends are playing beer pong in the basement. And I'm like, uh, nah. he's like, nah, man, come on. We're having fun. We're drinking beers. And you ever played beer pong before? I'm like, no, I haven't. That's no. He's like, all right, well, that's what we're going to be doing. And then I knew, I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to play beer pong with a 22-year-olds. Right. And then I realized I better get my shit together. How's marriage? It's over. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I thought I was a- See how you like, I I make it uncomfortable? No, that's very honest, though. Absolutely. I'm honest about everything. I don't give a shit. When did that happen? Recently. Do you talk about it? Yeah. What happened? Um, somebody wasn't being faithful and it wasn't me. Right. I feel like that, uh, <laughs> process of elimination, I yeah. have a sense of who it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I didn't say, I don't know. No. Yeah. We were married two and a half years. We got a four and a half year old and shit went down and, you know, and I was like, I'm out. So this must have, cause you were still married in May of 2013, yes. Um, yeah, I got married in I guess July of 2012. Okay, yeah. So this had so wow, a lot to catch up on. Um, how'd you find out? Um, private investigator. So you had hunches. Yeah, I've been around bitches, dirtbags, scumbags, cheaters my whole life. Working in clubs, you know, you see signs. You see it all the time. Drunk people at a comedy club, working in bars, you know, people cheating and all that stuff. And just no, just in general, I, I'm good with, you know, reading people. And, you know, I knew something was going on. You could feel it. But what when you look back, like, what were what were you noticing? Was it a vibe or? Just a vibe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a cold, the coldness, you know, the vibe. You could tell right. something was, you know, gone longer than expected. That kind of stuff, you know. And you just know right off the bat. And then, you know, excuses, excuses. And then you're just like, all right, well, I got to find the truth because I'm not going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just, I, I, I couldn't, to me, I was like, I got to find out because I, I can't live my life, the rest of my life, tossing and turning when I'm on the road or wherever, wondering what's going on. I can't, right. I'm not going to do that. Right. There's no way. How, how long from the time that you had an inkling to the time you hired a private investigator? Uh, it wasn't, it was pretty quick, like uh, not too long. Maybe okay. a week or something like that. You know, it was did, pretty quick. Did you have that thing of like, uh, maybe I'm being paranoid, maybe I'm going crazy, da, 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 or were you like pretty confident in your feeling, in your uh, uh, You know, I thought it was crazy because I couldn't believe that it was, it, it could be going on. Right. Yeah. And then I said, you know, maybe I am crazy, but I, I need to find out. Mm-hmm. But I, I still knew, deep down I knew. But I, you know, I just said, like, I, I got to, you know, get the proof if something's going on. Right. 
So, so then what happened? <clears throat> then, so you hired an investigator. Yeah, and then I just, you know, how fast did they return evidence? Quick. Yeah, I mean everything. You know, I guess you know I've talked to people, and I've talked when people are are in a having an affair or whatever like that. They're so crazed and they're so caught up in it that they're just they take so many chances stupid. and they're all yeah they're just stupid yeah. yeah they just can't they can't that's all I think of they don't even worry worry about this might happen if I do this so it's always so, so just easy mm-hmm. you know and the, but you know then it's like they're like you really want to find out the truth because it's you know it's gonna mess you up and I'm like yeah look I gotta you know they say just, that just like on a TV show well yeah they say and then they said you know you never know who it could be he goes what if it's one of your nephews or what if it's one of your cousins or your best friend your beer pong nephew yeah they're like you should, yeah I'm like I don't know <laughs> yeah I'm like you know <laughs> so they're like are you prepared for that because we've you know dealt with some crazy shit right you know so I'm like yeah I'm 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 in I'm hoping it's not someone I know right and it wasn't you didn't know him at all no so do, then they come back with photos? Yeah. What was that like? Um, you know, it's just basically, well, they're just telling you this is what's going on. You know, they're giving you updates all the time. And I'm like, all right, well, now I know where this is heading. It was weird because the marriage wasn't bad. That's mm-hmm. that's what uh you know it was it was good. So that's why I got you know to me I got blindsided by it. Yeah, I mean as someone who's married, I find that terrifying. Because you you you're all in and it, you think every you know not phenomenal on a scale of one to ten. It wasn't a ten, but it was certainly at that point. No real marriages. Right. I know it was at six and a half, seven, something like that. You know. Yeah. You always have to work your shit out. Busy raising a kid, making a lot of decisions. You know. It's you know. A lot of stuff involved in that. but uh, So that's why it wasn't a, a two or a one where you're like, all right, well, yeah, this is eventually what's going to happen. Right, right. So what do you think? Ha- I mean, why do you think she did it? Uh, you know, you never, who knows? They don't, you know, you know, you weren't communicating, you know, the usual chick answer. Is that what she said? Yeah, you know, that's what they all say. We learned it yeah. somewhere. I know that that that's the stock line. I don't. I'm like, what romantic comedy was that from? Was that the Sandra Bullock? Um, oh, while well, you're you Grant one. I don't know which. Oh, one. Sandra Bullock, Hugh Grant. No, no. I'm just saying it's it's one, one of those in. romantic comedies. Right. You, know, you weren't communicating and this and all that stuff. You know. Well, so okay, as a chick, right. then let me offer what her answer was, and you tell me if this is right. You weren't communicating, and her she wasn't getting her needs met, and then she met this guy, and she never intended to hurt you, and like, is it all like that? Mm. Well, you weren't communicating, so I figured you wanted a divorce. That kind of She's stuff. Really making an ass out of you and me in that one. She's yeah. assuming. Yeah. I said, well, you know, sounds like you weren't communicating because all you had to do was ask me, am I going to divorce you? I said, absolutely not. We'd still be married. So who wasn't communicating? <laughs> uh, but I mean, right? I mean, that's what it was. I mean, I, would, I never once said to my friends, anybody, Man, this sucks. I wanted, I'm going to get a divorce. Were you guys I, fighting? No, not really. I mean, it wasn't. No, not really. And when everything was going on, there was some, yeah. you know, fighting from the other side going like, what's going on in a relationship? I'm like, I don't know. Everything's good to, for me. I don't know what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. But um, I was ne- I was in. It was my first marriage. I go, look, I'm doing it. We got a kid. I'm 100% in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm unless something drastic happens. I'm not just going to get out because I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm not really getting along with her. And I'll make it work. I stay in relationships. I'll, I'll you know, I'll hang. Mm-hmm. But something like that, you just can't. Right. Because that's, that's, that's not a mistake. That's a choice. 
Yeah, it's a real passive way of getting That's a out choice. of a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get the 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 information that confirms things. But is it? Sorry, this is I'm way over the line, but I just have to know. Well, I don't just have to know. I'm curious. You can answer whether you want to or not. Right? Is it like here's a photo of her hooking up with some guy Picture. through the slats of of no, blinds? Pi- just pictures together. Okay. You know. Yeah, and that you know. In a, you know, wherever, you know, snapping them up and missing, you know, for hours and stuff like that. So, right. So, and then just basically getting reports. All right. They're here, they're here, they're doing this, doing that. I'm like, all right, well, you know. When you heard that, was that like a stab in your heart or was that like, I knew, was, was there some satisfaction of like, I knew it? No, no satisfaction. Stab in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't eat for 13 days. I went on like a juice fast because I couldn't eat. Lost 25 pounds. I finally sell my abs. It's a good thing. You know what I mean? I haven't seen right. it in years. Yeah. So it's real win-win here. It, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I was trying to lose the weight. I just know how. <laughs> well, she gave you a gift then. That's a good recipe for it. Yeah. But I just, you know, when you're going through it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Because you don't see it coming at all. And it was, you know, I was really, I was invested in it. I was invested in the whole marriage to raising our son together as a, uh, you know, with a mom and dad in the house and all that stuff. I'm, all, you know, I come from. My parents are married for 33 years, seven kids. My dad passed away, you know, at uh, at, you know, back in the 90s, or whatever. But they'd still be married today if he was still alive. Right. You know, that's the kind of family I come from. So you just you, you you make it work. But something like that, you can't. So you get the confirmation, and then how quickly did you confront her? A few, you know, like probably a few days later. You know, I realized, all right, this is what's going on, and this, you know. Did she try to deny it? Yeah, of course. They always do. Yeah. They women or are they cheaters? Uh, uh, cheaters in general always deny it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you, when you confront them, when you have evidence or, you know, whatever before you just, they always deny, deny, deny because they're so used to just getting away with it, I guess. Had she done this in the past, do you think? Not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but it's so when I confront her, she's, you know, denies it and then. You know, did you t- I showered her proof and she's like, oops, whoops. And then did you tell her you wanted a divorce right then? Yeah. Wow. Um, How's your son? He's good. You know, he's young enough where, you know, it is not all of a sudden at dinner time, there's one empty chair. Right. Where's mom? Where's dad? You know, so he's like, all right, I got two houses. I go to moms, I go to dads. So he's, you know, thank God. Because maybe you'll say like eight or ten is really tough on kids. Mm-hmm. So he's four and a half. So he's adjusted well to it. Right. You know, we both, and he loves us both and stuff. And, you know, he loves being, being with her and he loves being with me. And we don't badmouth each other. We don't do any of that stuff. Good. You know, so it, it's good. Is it polite between you guys when you uh, see each other? Or do uh, you not? It's all right. It's, you know, bearable. Doesn't, you know. There's not too much communication. We don't see each other that much because with school, you drop them all, you know, all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, we don't hang out. If you could do the whole thing over again, would you do things differently? Um, yeah, I just don't know what because I don't know where she was coming from. I don't know what. I mean, did I need to pay more attention to her? Maybe you could have told me that. I don't know. You know, you, uh, you know, let me know what's going on. You know, that, that's always my thing. I'm like, if there's ever a point where you might think about cheating or doing something, let's talk it out first. Because it, it's probably just a conversation. 
Right. You know, and that never happened. So I don't know. You know, but I would always do that because I'm on the road, you know, and it's easy for me. I have easy access to that if I wanted to. I never did that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just knew. Uh, uh, the only thing, I fell on my son all the time. And there was no way I was going to do something like that. I've done it before. I've been on the road where it's, you know, it's, you know, when I was single, it's easy to hook up. And it's fun when you're in that time of your life. Mm-hmm. But then when you got a kid at home and, you know, he wakes up and he jumps on you in the morning. Dad, dad, wake oh. up. You, I want that seven days a week. I don't want it two days and every other Sunday. Right. And if I, I knew if I, you know, if I did something like that, that's what would happen. So to me, it was an easy choice. Mm-hmm. Because I've done that stuff before. It it gets old. It's fun, you know, but it gets old. Right. Right. Um, and any girl that's going to sleep you on the first night when you're on the road is is, is a maniac. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she, she's not normal. So you don't know what kind of crazy chick you're getting. Well, it's so interesting to hear this because, um, you know, I know that a, for years and years you always wanted to save women. So you were dating. or, or And also it sounds like. Correct me if I'm saying things wrong. Um, you grew up in a pretty straight-laced, strict household, and you were drawn to that kind of wild, crazy energy, mm-hmm. which ended up with the in these sort of codependent relationships. And then you thought that you had found someone who was normal, your, yeah. your ex. Yeah, because, well, my mom used to, like, take people in, right. like, homeless people off the street, and they'd be living in a house. I'm like, who's that? He's like, oh, I saw him down at the local, outside the supermarket, and he's hungry, so he's going to eat dinner with us. I'm like, okay. And then grandparents and this, and then people related to all of us. You know, whenever they got old, our grand- she would take them in. Yeah. They lived in Florida or whatever, and, she'd, they'd fly, and they would live with us. And- Did taking in anyone, um, not relatives, but homeless people and just people needing help did that ever backfire no never did you know they would stay a couple days or whatever and she'd feed them and then she'd kind of like i don't know drop them off at the bus station or something you Mm -hmm. know like all right that's cool no it never did there was one time there was guy um i was in the pro wrestling and he was like to sell these wrestling pictures and you know those wrestling guys are kind of creepy and our parents let him sleep over my house because he was friends with all the kids in the neighborhood Mm because we'd meet him at the matches and he wound up coming to my room in the middle of night and trying to touch me how but he you? wasn't homeless. I was 14. I was still in the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did you realize what was happening? When I woke up and his hand was down my pants. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he made contact. Well, yeah, he was like in my underwear, like my, my pajamas. And I woke up. He's like, what? I go, you know, and he had like his thumb hanging out like the opening, uh-huh. the fly opening. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm showing you a magic trick. I'm like, a magic <laughs> trick? <laughs> yeah. What kind of magic trick is that? <laughs> Did you ever find out? <laughs> no, well, he was mad. He he said, you know, because I freaked out. I was like, I'm going to go tell my parents. Yeah. He's like, look, no, he blocked the door and he's like, don't say anything. Oh, that's, were you scared? I would be scared. Well, he said, look, I'll give you a bunch of wrestling pictures if you don't say anything. I'm like, all right. And but, so you never said anything? Well, I picked out like 50 of them. <laughs> Those are some good ones. Hulk Hogan bleeding for the first time. That was a rare one. Did you not tell your parents? I told them as soon as I got the pictures. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I got the pictures first. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. I was professional. And then what happened? Did your mom kick him out? No, I actually told my older brothers, and they wound up like bringing him back to the bus station and beating the crap out of him before they threw him in a bus. Oh, wow. Florentine justice. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were just like got him out of the car and just like kept punching him and kicking him at the bus stop. It's like an episode of Ray Donovan. And then they told me, you should tell your dad, my dad. And I'm like, I'm not telling him because he's going to make me give the pictures back. Mm. You, you know? would have done that? Probably. I deserved them. After what you went through? Exactly. I figured, because he's going to go give him back. You know what I mean? I, I'm like, no. So 
We never told them. I feel like you made the right call. Were your brothers yeah. tough? Oh, well, not really. I mean, kind of, but they were just, they were super pissed. Mm-hmm. They didn't trust a guy. My parents, for some reason, were very trusting, obviously. And um, my, my brothers weren't. They're like, this guy's creepy. Why is he like 39 years old, wants to hang around with a bunch of 14-year-olds in the neighborhood yeah. and sleep over? My parents put him in the guest room, you know, and then he came down like the middle of the night. Is your mom still um, generous like this? Yeah. Does she still take people in? No, not so much anymore. Um, but she, she's, you know, very generous. Mm-hmm. You know, she worked at like a nursing home for free for like 10 years. She's like, no, I don't want to get paid. I just want to do it. Right. You know, and stuff like that. So, well, so given that you had this history of sort of always helping people out and then you were in a relationship where you're like, now I'm in a relationship with someone who's normal. How do you, how do you process all this now? Yeah. I, I, you know, I definitely thought that it was like, fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finally, I don't have to you know, save this person. Right. And then you're like, whoa, I guess I didn't even know this person. That must be so hard. It is. But you know what? It's lucky I found out early and not 10, 15 years in. Right. You know, it's a lot easier. And then, my, so I am the product of my dad's second marriage. Um, he was married before my mom and then he went through a divorce. Obviously, I didn't know him then because I wasn't alive. But I know that that my understanding is that the divorce like wrecked him i mean it was just i just grew up thinking that what you go through after a divorce must be so like such a long intense grieving process is that how it was for you yeah i mean it, what lucky it wasn't that long i mean it just basically happened it happened like around christmas before right before christmas oh. and then i got divorced I, I got divorced in the beginning of april oh we're only a few months in then. Yeah, we're only a few months in, but oh, that, that wow. time between like December and I don't know, you know, maybe it's like March, it started getting a little better, but it was it was horrific. Yeah. I didn't sleep for more than like, um, I think it was like six hours for five straight weeks. We were probably uncomfortable with those rock hard abs. I know. I was like, man. <laughs> you couldn't I even could, roll over. I know. I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, man, what is this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I, I, got, I got abs and nobody's in the house to see them. <laughs> So, but so, so I, yeah, so I went through that and didn't, you know, didn't eat for 13 days. And were your friends worried about you? Yeah, everybody was. They're like, dude, you, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta eat something. I'm yeah. like, nah, I don't feel like I, w- I wasn't hungry. But then mm-hmm. I started slowly back, but still, I just couldn't sleep. Right. I'm up in the middle of the night for like, you know, at three in the morning till like six. And then were you ruminating like, or just was it anxiety? Just, you know, probably just going through it, the trauma. Yeah. The depression and everything else, just, you know, getting, just couldn't believe it. Was it more anger or a lot, it was it was anger, it was sadness. Absolutely. It was a lot, you know. And just you know, like I can't believe that I'm not gonna see my boy seven days a week now. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to grow up in I didn't want him growing up in a broken home. Do you guys have joint custody? Yeah, it's like, you know, we both have our thing. So it worked out for both of us the mm-hmm. time that we have together with us. We're both happy with it. So um but look, that's what you know. That's his generation. Everybody gets divorced, I guess, and nobody has a problem with it. It was your starter. Marriage. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm old school. I don't know. Yeah. If I do it once, I'm I'm a hundred percent in. That's a thing. You know, I try, but you know, like I said, sometimes when some shit like that goes down, I can't. I can't. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to worry about it because. Oh, they I always think your say hand that. was forced. I mean, did she? Did she try to? Was she like? Can't we? Did she try to make it work or anything? No. Right. No, but it, but then you can't. 
someone that's you know does that stuff, they're going to eventually most likely do it again. I don't know how people could not. I'm afraid to jinx my life, but what I was going to say is I don't know how people can come back from a a betrayal like that. That's really tough. It's super tough. I mean, you know, I don't know, man, because that's you're always going to be thinking about that. Yeah. And um, I always look at Bill and Hillary Clinton, but obviously there's no like relationship there. So she was just pissed at him that he got caught and she was catching a lot of flack. Mm-hmm. But there's no, I'm, I'm, I don't know personally, but I'm sure there's no love in that marriage. And they're just kind of married because they want to be. It seems that way. Yeah. yeah. So there's not, that's, you know, you're like, oh, Hillary's, I can't believe she took him back. That's something. That's all bullshit. She's like, I need him because I can't be right. single out there running for president. All You know, even back in the day, I'm not going to divorce him. So um, it's just, uh, I, I didn't want to be that guy. I was like, I, I didn't want to be that statistic. Single dad. Right. You know, but, you know, when, once you once you decide to get married and have a kid, you're like, all right, I'm all in. But, you know, whatever. If there's any red flags, let's just fucking make we'll make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that tough to make it work. You know, I mean, it, 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 especially if there's some if the, if the relationship isn't that bad. Like I said before, some shit just needs to be talked about. But, you know, you know, being married this you know, you have a week or a few days where it's like, oh. You know, man, we're not getting along. And then, you know, next week is great and stuff like that. You just have to talk about something bothering you or whatever. Right. That's just part of marriage. Right. You right. know, no crazy shit. You know, like I'm sure you and your husband, it's not like it's, wow, but we're at the verge of getting divorced. It's like, ah, I'm just fucking pissed at him for a couple of days. And then you're all right. Yeah. It's just like a few days where yeah. you're not connected. And exactly. then you are again. Then or, you are. Yeah. You know, just go, going through some shit, whether it's work or whatever like that. You got a lot on your mind. So, um. But eh, what are you going to do? You know, it's, uh, but it's, uh, I got through it. I learned from my, uh, you know, the death of my ex-girlfriend to just take the the grieving head on. Don't, mm-hmm. don't suppress it. Don't do it down the road. Don't go out crazy and try and fuck everything, you know, to try to make it better and you know, right, jump into another relationship. Yeah. Don't go on a rebound. Don't do it. Don't drugs, no alcohol, none of that shit. Just deal with it f- head on. And then eventually it's, it's going to suck for a while, but then eventually it's going to be over and, and get it out of the way right away. So that's what I did with this one too. I learned from the last one. Where do you feel like you are in that process now? You know, I'm probably about 90% there where I got a clear headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is pretty good for you know four or five months ago when that's I first really found good. out. Yeah, since like you know late last year. I think that when you experience a loss, it brings up prior losses and like prior grief. Have you found that? Yeah. Like, is grieving this harder because of what you had gone through? I think so, but I think it definitely. Um, I compared it to the other one. It's like I lost somebody. That I'll never see again compared yeah. to, all right, this shit happened. He's still going to have a mom, still going to have a dad. They're just not going to live together. So mm-hmm. it was easier than grieving over a death. Right. So, you know, the, the the grieving process for me was a lot, lot quicker. It was a lot, it was, what? I got through it easy. It's, it, it, believe me, those, those first few months were, like I said, no sleep, this and that, no eating, all that crap. It was, it was brutal. And then just going through trying to hash out a divorce and all that other stuff. You know, everyone's just getting nasty because, you know, emotions are all over the face, uh, place to raw. Uh-huh. And you're like, holy shit, I don't even know this person. You know, I'm th- sure that's coming from the other side too because you're just like, fuck, right. fuck you, fuck you, you know, that kind of stuff because you're so mad. 
Is that when you're sort of divvying up everything? Yeah, that kind of, you know, you're just trying to work through it to try to get everything, uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's that's a tough time too. Plus you're dealing with what just happened and all that stuff. So it's crazy. Right. Um, and also with suicide, there's that part where you blame yourself. Absolutely. It sounds like you're pretty blameless in this one. Do you feel that way? Yeah, because I didn't, you know, she didn't. Yeah, I, I feel blameless in this one. Absolutely. Because, you know, we had talks and said, look, you know, let's before any of that shit goes on, let's uh, let's have a talk, you know, but I you had had that so, conversation with. Yeah. Her. Look, if somebody if somebody cheats, you can't go. What did you do? I didn't you know, whoever it is. So that person cheated. That's the bottom line. You right. know what I mean? They went out and, and did it behind your back. So they didn't come to you say, I want out of this relationship before they did or anything like that. They made that choice. So you can never blame it on the other person. It's always that person. Mm-hmm. It's their issue. I don't care if someone, a guy's beating his wife up and punching her in the face and she goes, well, I'm going to go fuck the neighbor because he punched me in the face. You get out of that relationship. That's no excuse to go, well, he punches me, so I'm going to go fuck his, his friend. Right. That's not, not, not the way to do things. No. Um, shoot, I lost my question. It was going to be, oh, do you feel like it's uh, left you with trust issues? So now are you and your husband going to have a nice romantic day tonight <laughs> after this? Yeah. I can't wait to tell him all about this. I know. He's going to be like, what's going on? What's wrong, Allison? What did I do? Was it this morning when I didn't, uh, when I burnt the toast? Are you still mad at that? No. <laughs> what is it? What? Just something like, <laughs> tell him I'm sorry. I will. I right, will. Yeah. Well, no, actually, before I ask that question, there's just yeah. something, it's just interesting to me that you had had that conversation with her. Like, let's have a conversation before any cheating were to happen. Well, because it was more on my end because I'm on the road and, you know, I have a reputation when I was single. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I took full advantage of it. I know you get cast as that jerk, the one night stand jerk guy. Right, exactly. So I knew how to play that jerk guy. You right. know what I mean? And I have stories and I'm always honest about my stories, my sex stories. And when I was younger, I definitely, you know, I was a repressed Catholic. I didn't get laid till I was almost 18. I was with like two girls up to I was 21. And then I just, you know, exploded basically. You know, doing stand up, being out there, and everything. So, you know, and I tell, I don't care. I'm like, that's part of my past. I'm not, I'm not ashamed by it. It's, it's, you know. Do you mention w- numbers? Is that part of your story? No, I don't know numbers, but you know, I just, I always had funny sex stories for some mm. reason. Oh, just some crazy shit went down. So I always talk about it. So they're out there, right? You know, and uh, anyone getting in a relationship with me is going to go, oh man, is he going to do this again? I'm like, look, I wasn't that person. I was in my twenties, you know. So I'm, I'm not going to do that stuff. And I said, look, I know. You know, I'm traveling, I'm out there, and I'm in front of a lot of people, and there's drunk girls around, and I'm in Vegas and L.A. and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm done with that. I'm not, you know, when I found her, I was like, I'm ready. You know, we're having a baby. I'm not going to do that shit. I'm not going to do it to him. So I knew on my end it wasn't going to happen, and if I, if I ever thought about it, then I was going to say, all right, look, we got to we gotta talk because I'm getting these weird feelings. Right. You know, but I was never at that point. I never got a girl's number, never flirted with anybody. I just wasn't even, it wasn't even a choice. There was never anyone go, oh man, I'm just, no one will know. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the guy to her? Um, just the guy that she worked out with, you know, that CrossFit douchebag shit. (laughs) Oh, that makes it worse. I'm sorry. No, don't be. CrossFit is already bad enough. Brutal. Because that meant that you had endured months of hearing about CrossFit, right? Oh. It's impossible to do CrossFit without talking about Ugh. it. Horrific. 
So anyway, my question that I asked you before, do you think it's left you with, well, next time you get, you start dating, I don't know if you have, or when you start, when you start dating again, do you think you will find that you have trust issues? No, because I always leave the past, you know, once I, once I heal from the past relationship, I don't bring baggage in the new one. Mm -hmm. And what about your own trusting yourself and your ability to read people? I, I thought I was pretty good, but I wasn't. Um, but look, I, I go in with a clean slate when I'm in a relationship, but I make sure I never get going for a rebound. I always make sure I'm over it. I got a clear head and then I move into another one when I'm ready, but I, mm-hmm. I never go in before I'm ready. Like there's no way I would have a relationship right now where I'm boyfriend and girlfriend and we're exclusive and this is fucking awesome. And Hey, you want to move in together? Right. There's no way I would do that now in a year from now. Who knows? Two years. I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm, I'm all right. Right. Well, sorry to hear that, but you sound like you're really on top of your shit. Yeah, you know what? I didn't. I I just I did it a healthy way where I just I wasn't. You know, it's easy to go to the booze, mm-hmm. drink. I didn't. I didn't drink. I I had like two beers in the last like four months. Wow. Because I didn't even do that. You know, I'll drink. I'll have a couple of glasses of wine here and drink it when I'm out or whatever. But I just like no, I don't get it. Get away from that because I did it the last time when I with my ex girlfriend. I just stopped, and I don't do any drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, you just deal with it. You just, you know, go to a therapist, you read up on shit, you just, you know, right. live through it. It's a lot easier. I, to me, it is. I don't know. Are there any books that have been particularly helpful? Is that what you mean when you say read up? Uh, yeah, some books. You know, there's uh, um, uh, The Four Agreements I always liked, even though it's not a, a total, like, relationship book, but mm-hmm. it just really explains people. Right. I've never know? read it, although I, ha- I know The Four Agreements are, what is it, Be Impeccable With Your Word. Don't sleep with someone from CrossFit. <laughs> that should be chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take anything personally. That's a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's basically like they have their whole life mapped out. Like, you know, so it, it, you have nothing to do with it. You say you're walking down the street. Someone's like, you're fucking ugly. That has nothing to do with you. That's their issue. Whatever's going on in there. They're, you know, so. And don't take anything personally as great as a, as a, you know, being in the public eye. I bet, yeah. When people go, you suck. Dude. I fucking, he's terrible. I don't think he's funny. Like, that, that doesn't even bother me. I don't even read comments. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't go on the internet and look at YouTube comments. I don't do any, I don't give a shit. Did it ever hold it? Like, did you ever look at that? Have you arrived at this place? Um, I think it may be in the beginning, like you you would. Mm -hmm. But then after that, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, as long as you get people that that like your stuff, I just focus on that. I know I'm not going to get everybody. Everybody's not going to get what I do. So I don't even worry about those people. I'm not going to worry about the the rest of the country or whatever that doesn't get it. I honestly think, and I struggle with this, but I think that if you know who you are, then you're not tempted to read comments. I think that that thing where you're like, I want to see what they're saying about me comes from sort of you doubting yourself. And like if that need to find out what to get an outside perspective on yourself comes from a lack of being pretty secure in who you are. Absolutely. I mean, you do, you know, being in this business, you do need to get professional advice from your manager or agent or something like that. They usually have a better way than via YouTube comments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Imagine if that was the way they disseminated their opinion. I I know. (laughs) They just click thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs down. And that's (laughs) the worst thing I've ever seen. But so I don't worry about that because you get, as you get older, you just get comfortable in your own skin. I always tell people when you're in your 40s, that's your best decade because you finally get comfortable in your own skin. 
you don't give a shit as much. And your thirty, your twenties is just a mess. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. In your thirties, you're just confused because you feel like you have to grow up. Maybe you have to get a family, get married. Do I can't do the shit in the thirties that I did in my twenties because that's uh, I got to grow up and you're just all over the place. But when you hit your forties, like fuck it, who cares? I don't give a shit if I, this makes me happy. What I, whatever I did in the twenties, whether it's going to a Def Leppard concert, wherever the hell it is, I'm going to do it. Cause, and you find the friends that just make you happy and you mm-hmm. get rid of more of the drama, you know, all that shit. You get the people that are out of your life that just give you a headache. Right. Well, I think you've done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, <laughs> yeah. And you find, yeah, it's, you know what? It's not bad having the house to yourself. It's not. You ever are get you one in- of those days? You ever get one of those days when your husband's maybe gone for a day or two and you just, you get the whole place to yourself, and you're like, "This is kind of fucking cool." Well, I work from home now, and he doesn't, so every day is kind of like that. But I know what you mean. Yeah, that's what. I, well, that's kind of what I was driving at before when we were talking about your dream of being alone in the beach house, and I was, and you were, and the therapist said to you, "You'll get lonely," and I was thinking, I don't know that I would get lonely being alone in a beach house. I think I'd probably be okay. I wish I'm the kind. I wish I would get lonely. Because I think it'd be better to be more social, but I'm actually pretty good on my own. Yeah, well, I just had no one to hang out with. I thought, oh, all right, my friend that's married with three kids will definitely come down. We'll drink beers and you know <laughs> he'll go and he has to get up in the morning. But I was like, dude, I got I got four soccer games starting at six in the morning. I can't come over and drink beer. Yeah, sorry, I got a life. So that's where it got lonely for me. There was like one friend that was single that I can hang with that was like my age, and if he wasn't around, I was fucked. Mm-hmm. This was, had you gotten a beach house on, like, not where you live? Was it a vacation home? Because that's a different situation. No, it was, you know, only like a half hour from my house. So I'd get it from, like, you know, May 1st till October 1st, pretty much. Right. And I'd stay there for, like, five months out of the the year. And it was still great, but, yeah. But now, you know, when I have my son and then I got a dog and stuff like that, and I got all my friends around, so it's not as bad. And eventually, you know. I'll, uh, you know, somebody, somebody will come around and, but you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to put like stuff up that a girl wouldn't approve. Yeah. Take advantage. Take advantage of it. Cause then if she, ever, if I ever find someone they want to move in, it's already grandfathered in. <laughs> so like, what would this be? Like my son plays drums. and I might mm-hmm. put a drum set in the, in the dining room. Nice. Cause it's right by the kitchen. I just knocked out a wall. So I might put it there and I'm like, yep, sorry. And she comes in. Well, I don't know about that. No, sorry. Grandfather. You have a four and a half year old who plays drums. Oh, he's ama- He's unbelievable. That's awesome. I got to show you a video after. Yes. He's phenomenal. Oh, I love that. I've already took him to three concerts. He's out of it. <laughs> he, he loves music. He's writing songs. He has already has a name for his band. He's got, he's got kids in the band. They, they haven't practiced yet. Uh-huh. Obviously he's like, well, we're going to practice in the summer and we're going to do a show in Ohio. I don't know where he got. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we're doing our first show in Ohio. Oh, yeah. What's the name of their band? Cut Your Blood. <laughs> and he came up with it. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty. All right. Wow. All right. Cut Your Blood. All right. That's fine. Because he's in all like, I got him more in like hard rock and metal and stuff. Right. But right. yeah, he came up with Cut Your Blood. So he's sticking with that one. I, that's a good band name. That is. The other band name that I know that it's a bunch of kids is The Needles. That's a pretty tough name, too. Yeah, there's um, uh, I can't remember. There's, there's just three black kids that in a band. They're like 14 years old. My, it, he actually saw them. They opened for Slash a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. He loved them. They're like 12, 13. I forget. And they already got a record deal. Oh wow! Yeah, they're really good too. So he better. But step yeah, it he up. loves the drums and he's singing. And he's making up songs. It's great. So we got a we got a really good bond. That's cool. Um, let's take some questions from people on Twitter, and we have a little song that uh, we'll hear now. 
It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick the topic and let's begin. It's the topic sombrero. I like the production. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's all courtesy of Trap Dog. It's beautiful. Okay. Ryan Kostler says, would you rather have leg-sized fingers or finger-sized legs? Um, I don't know. Probably finger-sized legs, I guess. Because at least you can hide them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be inconvenient it, to have legs coming out of the palms. Of your yeah, hands. and people are going to be all looking at you. Look, just wear long pants or shorts or something. Like people don't know that. And, right. Yeah. Smart. All right. Adrian Ajuero says, what's it like working with Louie? And did you want the finale to be so dark? Was that a collaborative effort? No, I mean, that was Louie. Louie uh, yeah, I just did an episode of Louie. I was on that season finale where mm-hmm. I die at the end. And the show just basically ends, which is great. <laughs> Um, no, it was, you know, that was Louis wrote the role and I was more than happy to take it. Right. Uh, and what's it like working with him? Phenomenal. Genius. He's great. You know, he writes and directs and, and stars in his, you know, so he's doing everything on the set mm-hmm. and he just moves quick. He knows what he's doing. He knows shots. He's not, you know, totally prepared. It's great. Anthony Campadonico says, what's the biggest lesson you've learned, good and bad, that you'd share with listeners or people you care about? Um, the biggest lesson is, I guess, you know, uh, if you feel like you might do something in a relationship, talk about it first. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I know it's silly and it's cliche, but, you know, it is not. Maybe your girlfriend has three things that annoys the shit out of you. What are you going to do? You're going to go with some other girl. She might do those three things. Might not do those three things, but there's three other things that are going to annoy the shit out of you. So you're just basically making a lateral move. You got something right in front of you. What are you doing? Where are you going? Because most of the people that go and do something, you know, and fuck around, they look back at it like, man, I made the wrong decision. And never, they never stick with that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're always, that never works out. Yeah, that, I don't that, think anyone is like, I'm so glad I cheated. No, because the, the relationship is, is, is how is it, that's how it's born on that. So it's a, there's already dishonesty in the relationship. So right. as, if you're doing that, then you're going to think that person's going to be doing it. If you're in a relationship with, well, they did it behind that person's back. So how do I know I'm not going to, oh no, I'm not going to do it. I just didn't like that one. That's all bullshit. All right. That's a good lesson. So it's talk things out. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm not a talker. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that because that's what she said, or are you saying you're actually not a talker? No, I, I've I've gotten that before in relationship. You don't you don't talk that much. I'm like, well, I don't have anything to say right now. I'm not a big small talk guy, you know. Small talk's awful. It is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a big small talk guy. I'm just not. You know, when when you're at a point when you're in a relationship and all you're talking about is the weather, like, and you're in, in, and you're with that person a long time, you're like, wow, this, you know. Oh, that's like a sign to get out. Yeah, or just like, all right, maybe we just don't, we don't have to just make conversation. Yeah. Silence is okay, too. You wake up in the morning, you know what I mean? Like, you're both in the kitchen, you're making coffee, he's eating breakfast. You don't really have to say anything right there, you know what I mean? Just wait till that moment when it hits you. Don't, you don't have to force it. Maybe somebody's cranky, 
one of you, you know, and you go, I, honey, uh, you know, so you're going to be able to get to the store today, get that shit. And, you know, maybe you're cranky. Like, I don't know. I could, I'm not sure. Maybe. And then I was like, well, what the fuck is that coming? Well, just, just wait. Why rush it? Why is everybody talking all the time? Is that something you go to dinner? I've got, I don't mind silence. That's, you know what I mean? Like you could be in the bed and just be silent. That's okay. People always feel like, oh man, God, did I do something wrong? Or do I have to, I feel like I have to talk. You don't have to. If Was, you're comfortable, I think if you're comfortable in the relationship, you could, t- you're, you could talk less. I think. No, I think so. But you look, your husband comes home from work. He's like, honey, man, I had a bad day. Tell me about it. You could talk about it for two hours. Let's go get dinner. We'll talk over it. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, hey, well, all right, nothing happened today. You know, I remember I would get texts. How was your day? I go, it's not over yet. The midday, <laughs> how was your day is a hard one. That's a Actually, hard one. I it's not, how- and I just, it's not over yet. I find how was your day <laughs> difficult at all times, actually. How was your day is not a good question. I don't like that one. I don't either. I don't know why, though. I, it sort of it brings me back to when my mom would pick me up from school and she'd say, how was your day? And I was like, it was fine until you asked me. And I don't know why it just flipped, but now I'm in a bad mood. I think it's – and I, I've thought about it a lot over the years because, like, why did it always have that effect on me? And I think it's basically because school is sort of like prison. You have to go. And it's not, it's like, it's never, I'm not articulating it well. Just getting through the day is good. But whatever you're expecting, like we did great stuff in art class. Like I'm never going to have that response. I did not enjoy it very much, but I got through it and I have to do it tomorrow. Catch up with me when I graduate. Exactly. I asked my son, I stopped actually asking him, pick him up from school. How was school? Good. What'd you do? I don't know. Every day, same thing. So I don't even ask him anymore. Yeah. I'm sure he appreciates Like everything it. okay in school? Yeah. And I'm like, all right. He'll tell me. Like, you know, he'll say, hey, this kid, you know, pushed me and the teacher got mad, whatever. Like, so he'll tell me. Right. Other than that, I don't know. He's playing with fucking blocks. He's like, dad, I play with blocks. I did it yesterday and did the day before. You really want to know? You're right. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Play with him. Dave says... Oh, two-part question. One, what is the best metal concert you have been ever been to? And two, who is the best lead singer of all time? <sighs> That's rough. That's a, a metal concert. I don't know. You know, Rage Against the Machine I saw. Black Sabbath, ACDC. But the uh, best singer, I don't know. You know, the, the best performer for me, lead singer, mm-hmm. is Mick Jagger. Still, I mean, it's a tour now. He's at 70 or 71 years old. Right running around for two and a half hours. I've never seen anything like it. So for him, he's not the best singer, but the best performer to watch is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, showman. I don't know. You know, there's a a lot out there. I like them all. Have you heard of a band called Mustache from Sweden? Someone was telling me about them. I haven't heard their stuff yet. Um, When I'm working out, there's this adrenaline workout mix that I found on Spotify. I was just trying to find something fast. Uh, And... A song of theirs, it's there's, it's a pretty short playlist, so it's, I don't know, I want to say it's like 20 songs, so I hear the same songs again. And I really like the mustache song, so I looked them up, uh, and yeah, they're all I know is they're from Sweden, and I don't know if they're current or not, though. Are they like hard rock or heavy metal? It's or metal. Metal? I think. I got to check it out. I, someone just mentioned them last week to me. Hmm. Maybe so there's you some like buzz to, about them. So you like to listen to some like hard stuff every once in a while? If you're I doing do, it. yes. In fact, I also 
it's weird that I'm such a playlist person, but the black, do you ever listen in iTunes to the black Sabbath station? No, but I'm, black Sabbath is my favorite band. Yeah. I like them too. Um, Go, Metallica okay. master of puppets. If mm-hmm. you, I don't know if they'll play the whole record, the Spotify thing or, or rage against the machine. You want to get going. I was just thinking about, well, there's, so there's a rage against the machine song on this adrenaline mix. And I was just thinking about them the other day. And I was thinking, what are they doing now? What's Zach De La Roca up to? He won't. He's, he doesn't want to do anything. So they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. Tom Morello does a lot of his stuff. Like he's got a lot of solo things going on. He plays with Bruce Springsteen now too. I did not know that. Yeah. Tom's been playing with Springsteen for like three years now. Bruce loves him. Um, and Rage would sell 50,000, 40,000 tickets if they got back together. But yeah. It's, uh, they're all live. I don't know what's going on. I would love to see them. They're one of my favorite bands. Jeff, were you going to say something? Do we want to hear a little mustache? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like this. I don't know how I don't know this. It's right up my alley. Do you find um, White Magic by Mustache? It's from the album Above All. And it's M-U-S-T-A-S-C-H. Perhaps it's Mustache. Maybe. I, I don't like that, know. Though. Yeah, I really like the song. Um, okay, so we'll pull that up and and while we do, we will answer more questions. Okay, let's see. Oh, Bad Blood says, Jim Florentine, what are some of your irrational fears? Um I used to have an irrational fear of going to prison for some reason. Okay. That was that was one, definitely. Um I don't not too much. You don't have them? No. No, like afraid of flight. Flights or heights? No, but heights, yeah, crowds. but I just avoid that. Heights, I just avoid. It. So you are afraid of heights, though. Yeah, but I just don't go place where I'm going to be. If you're staying shitless. in a hotel, though, can you stay on a high floor? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. So, like, what can you not do? I still my my old condo complex I lived in. I was on the 27th floor. Oh. Like 28 floors. Yeah. And you could look out the window, no yeah. problem. Yeah, with no problem. I'm so, not going to walk on a tightrope. So that's where the fear of heights come in. Comes in? Uh, yeah, I definitely have a fear of heights. Yeah. Right. I'd rather, um, but I just don't put myself in that situation, so it really doesn't matter. I'm on a plane, I look out, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And no problem with fear of flying or any of that stuff. A lot of it's all mental. Right, right. All right, sounds like we have the song. This is kind of like Doomy, almost like a Black Sabbath stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Caius. Yeah. I don't usually play music on the show, so I don't know how if listeners are enjoying this or if they're like fast forwarding. I think they're enjoying it. I am enjoying it. 
Yeah, it's definitely it's a doom doom metal band. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. You could you can hear the Sabbath riffs in there. All right. Dave McCoy says, ask him about double deckers. And then someone else told me not to allow you in my bathroom. Hashtag double deckers. So upper what's decker. the story? Upper decker. An upper decker is when you when you shit in the top of the toilet tank sure. instead of so you know what that is. I mean I could figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And why that's what I did on Louie. Mm. On the episode of Louie, we're partying in a condo, we're two comedians, and he's puking in the toilet and I run in the bathroom, like, hey man, I gotta go to the bathroom get out of the way he's like i'm not done so i said fine i'll take an upper decker <laughs> and i go up there and i sit and i start going and i slip and i hit my head and i crack it on the floor and i die oh wow and that's how it, <laughs> yeah that is dark i know and my, and my friend looked it up on the internet and he said i'm the first person in tv history to die from an upper decker on tv <laughs> so it's something i could tell the grandkids yeah that really is a feather in your cap <laughs> have you ever done that in real life yeah absolutely i've done it on the dvd we used to do these hidden camera DVDs where I took an upper decker in a hotel and I called the guy at the front desk. I said, something's wrong with this toilet. Come <laughs> down here. And then he figured it out. He looked. He's like, oh, my God, get out of you know, here. just kicked us out. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> it must be a Jersey thing. I don't know. Uh, well, just from the East Coast, upper decker? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it is a thing for you, too. Yeah, I knew exactly what he meant when he said it. And I've done it. When did you do it? Oh, a bunch of times. It's hilarious. Yeah, we go like if a restaurant we if, like a restaurant gave a shitty service, you just go in there and take an upper decker. Yeah. Question for the listeners: Has anyone ever only once taken an upper decker? Because it seems like if you're into it, you're really into it. Because you guys have both done it multiple times. Well, it's funny. Why wouldn't you do it again? <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Not for the person who finds it. No, absolutely not. Well, and part of the fun for me was that it's kind of. It's a, a delayed reaction joke. It's something you could do when you're leaving somebody's house if they're being a dick, and then you know that they're not going to see it for a couple of hours, or if there's a bunch of people there, mm-hmm. they won't know who did it, and the next time you see them, it'd be like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. Especially if you go in a guest bathroom that they rarely use, because then they don't find it, because what happens when you flush the bowl, then it starts coming in the, from the top into oh. the, the tank. Yeah. Oh, and so, th- so that's what happens. So- it comes into the tank, and then eventually they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what's going on? They yeah. lift the top of the tank, then they find a surprise. See, this is why Jim's the pro. Now, in order to pull it off, where do you just kind of just, just sit put up your there. Bu- Okay. Yeah, you, you put the, the toilet seat down. Right. The, the whole thing down. So you put your feet there. So okay. You just sit up there. That's actually the cleanest place to go, if you think about it. You don't have to put toilet paper down. Nobody it's goes true. up there. You know, but they don't really make those toilets anymore. They're tough to find, especially out in public. Yeah. They're a dying right. breed. They are. Oh, my God. Is that why they put the tank behind the wall in public restaurants? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the upper decker is almost like going away like the phone booth. Right. Or, bad. Have you ever seen uh, I mean, to- old toilets? Toilets on the road where somebody takes a piece of uh, metal strapping and they strap the lid down so yeah. they can't upper deck it. Yeah. I didn't realize this is a scourge. My, yeah. my, my friend used to um, put duct tape. Over the top when I would come over just so I wouldn't take it over. He's like, I'm upper decker proof in my, my toilet. And I'll go do it. I'm, I'm frenzy. I'm not going to do that. Is that true? That you wouldn't have? No, I wouldn't do it at his house. Sedate Hate says, ask him about his passion for ketchup, craft beers, and Applebee's. I don't like neither. Any of them. Because after he tweeted that, then Applebee's the Twitter account got in on the action. Really? Yeah. And there was a lot of tweets to me from Applebee's 
Uh, here, I will f- I'll find this. Okay. Yeah, so Applebee's wrote back, I am sure he loves all of the above. And then Sedate Hate said, you could say that, but his words are so much more heartfelt. And then Applebee's says, well, let's hope he gets the question. And then Sedate Hate says, oh, let's hope so. Should be a really, should be, excuse me, should be a great conversation piece, especially with the wonderful Ms. Rosen. Then Applebee's said, she is just the best, isn't she? I was not aware that they knew of my work. And then Sedate Hate said, she's the riblet platter with a Brutus of Pabst on the side. That's a compliment. And then Applebee's said, don't forget that she is sweet like churro s'mores. It went on. Wow. So you don't like Applebee's I'm though? I'm not a fan. Have you talked about this before? Is um, that what yeah, he's I've, asking I, about? I've brought it up before, yeah. I don't, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know... First of all, they say it's a neighborhood bar and grill. There's never an Applebee's in a neighborhood. We're in a neighborhood right now. There's not an Applebee's next door. You're right. Okay, so you're not in a neighborhood. What you are is in front of like a hotel off a highway mm-hmm. and like three hotels there, people on business, and they have, don't have a rent a car, so they have nowhere else to eat, so they walk to the Applebee's. You're like, right. Oh, I it's a last resort. Say. Exactly. Uh, where am I going to go? I don't know. The Applebee's right there. I might as well just get food there. That's what that is. But but it could be anybody. It could be a Friday's. It could be a Chili's. It could be a Ruby Tuesday's. They're all the same. So, But I don't like the neighborhood bar and grill thing. I don't like how they put like neighborhood shit up. It's not going to make me eat there. And you also don't like ketchup. I don't like that. No, just, you know, I'm a grown man. Oh, I'm familiar with this feeling. No, I'm just, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know, I like to taste my food. I don't put liquid sugar on my food. I don't know. It's just, uh, I like to taste it. Derek Rowe says, do you think dating Robin impacted your appearances on Stern show? I'm not sure in what way he's asking. Um, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we dated, I don't know, eight years ago, 2007. So yeah, it was over eight years ago. No, I was on the show plenty of times after, mm-hmm. before, during, after, and everything like that. It hasn't at all. Are you and Robin still friends? No, we, there's no communication. We don't hate each other. There's no problems. But it's just, you know, you you move on to different parts of your lives and stuff. So there's no real contact. I saw a couple of years ago up at, up at Sirius when I was up there. But there's no hard feelings. I don't think so. I'm, I mean, you know, we're cordial and there's no nastiness between us. So. I'm sure if I ran into her, if we got in touch again, we'd be fine. Was there nastiness between you for a little while? No, I don't think. Never no, ever? Not really, no. I mean, it was, uh, that was a great, that was probably, if I looking back at it, that was one of the best relationships I've ever had. How come you guys broke up? I think it was the traveling, you know what I mean? It's really tough as a comic, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, if someone's got a job Monday through Friday or whatever, and then the weekends is when I work. You know, and then when you get up at 3.30 in the morning or 4 in the morning to do morning radio, it's tough. And I'm out at night doing shows till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. So it's really, it's really trying on a relationship. Right. You know, to, for someone in the business that works nights. But you made it work for eight years. No, no. eight. No, we didn't. No, that was eight years ago. Oh, oh, oh. You How know, long did you guys go out? It was under a year, maybe like eight oh, or nine months or something like that. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. The Great One says, what's the craziest thing to happen to you at a hotel or motel while you were on the road? Um, one time my friend was, uh, this other comic was was doing coke all night and he was hitting on this girl after the show and she wanted nothing to do him. She was just being nice and I was sober and I could see it and he invited her back to his hotel room. And he was waiting at the window at like four in the morning. She's going to show up like every car I pulled in the parking lot. It was like a shitty Motel 6. <laughs> 
I'm telling that's going to be her. I'm like, Bob, she's not coming. I'm just go to bed. I'm telling you, I'm te- she's coming. I go, Bob, I, I read this, the body language. She's not, she's gotten these is up. So I said, you know what? Let me mess with him. So I, I took out the phone book and I called the local escort <sighs> and I sent her to his room <sighs> and I just heard a knock on the door and she's like, He's like, who are you? She's like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And they're just arguing. She's like, well, I want my money. He's like, I'm not giving you money. I didn't order I didn't order you in my room. I don't care. I drove an hour. I want my money. And just screaming back and forth. And I'm just in my bed giggling. <laughs> so I ordered a hooker to his room. Uh, and he thought it was the girl finally that was coming, and it wasn't. Right. That's thoughtful. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I figured. He was lonely. Yeah. If, if he wanted to pay her, he, she was right at his door, but he didn't want to. Right. He didn't want to pay for it that night, I guess. All right. One more. He dropped $250 on Coke, but he wouldn't pay 80 to get laid. It's weird. How horrible for you was that to be spending all your time with someone who's staying up all night doing Coke? Because well, that's he not was, a fun person to be with. No, awful. That's why I've never done cocaine in my life because I've been around my guy friends. We used to just drink. All of a sudden, they started getting the Coke, and they would just be the worst people on, on the face of the earth. Yeah. Just babbling and talking all night and just being miserable, not fun anymore. And then- blowing all that money so i never it takes latent asshole tendencies and just in engorges them yeah just turns you into an asshole and i've been around like women where they're basically like hey if you do coke with me you're gonna get laid i'm like nope i don't care that's what they say oh yeah but yeah i mean because you have to be part of it if you're not then you're just a pussy basically right. you know and they just go like, oh, he's no fun i'm like no i can still have fun without putting that shit up my nose I see how you act. Let me feel. Everybody that does coke should get filmed and have to sit there and watch it the <laughs> next day and go, was that really worth it? Right. You just spent half your paycheck on that. Was that worth it? You acting like an asshole. Talk about shit you would never talk about before. And finally, I am Lee Stoneman says, Jim, how shall we quash this childish apologist culture and put the adults back in charge? Thanks, babe. Oh, I wonder if I'm the baby's thinking, in which case, well... All right, um, but if you're the babe, then it's okay. You can't. You know, it's you can't st- you can't stop it. He's talking about basically like everyone being so PC, and how mm-hmm. can we stop it and just be? Yeah, no, just you know, you put it on social media, it takes a life of its own, and you're finished. Right. I can't wait till I have nothing going on. So I still have a TV show that's on VH1 Classic that. When that thing gets canceled, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> I got nothing to lose. What are they going to take away from me? It was funny because I remember when Adam made fun of transgender people or whatever a couple of years ago, and they were going to come after him. He's like, I got a fucking podcast. What are you going to do? It's mine. I own it. Right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you taking away from me? They had nothing. They're like, fuck, we wanted to, but he doesn't have anything right now, so we can't do anything, <laughs> and they fucking left him alone. That's mm-hmm. why I want to be at that point. Right. That's well. That's one good thing. While while I'll root from when my TV show gets canceled, I'm a, I'm going to have a sigh of relief. Like, good. Now I can just do whatever the fuck I want. And then what? Then what do you unleash upon the world? I don't know, but I'm not. Uh, you know, sometimes you're like, ah, I better not put that on Twitter. Ah, I'll just stay away from that one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes now, you know, once that happens, I don't care. What was your take on the whole Kumia thing? You know, it's. It was it was ridiculous because it would have got blo- it would have blown over. Nobody would have cared an hour later. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, you know. But I think they, you know, when you get I don't know, probably newspapers call and say we need a comment on this. They're like whoa, 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 whoa! Like and they're just like let's before I even think about it, they would have just waited till till the next morning. Nobody would have been talking about it because that's stuff that he would say on the air. 
You know what I mean? Like every day. So it wasn't a problem there. I guess on Twitter, it's different. I don't right. Know, you know? Yeah. I guess what I hate is just how beholden to advertisers and afraid of offending anyone everyone is. Like I'm, I'm actually in favor of sensitivity and trying not to be, you know, a, a dick, but this, when, you know, the fact that corporations are making decisions just because they're so afraid as opposed, as opposed to a corporation being like, you've offended our morals, you know, we don't agree with this. It's just the decisions are made just because they're afraid that they're going to lose money. I just think that's gross. No, I know. And it's re- you're really not going to lose money. Everyone just overreacts and there's never marches unless it's something really serious. So, like, what are you doing? Right. You know, when that, what was that show with the the guys with the beards, those fucking red Oh, Duck guys. Dynasty? Yeah, when they said all that shit about the Bible and gays and stuff like that. And then they suspended them, the show or something like that. And everyone's like, well, fuck you, then. And they put it right back on the air because they realize, well, we're messing with their, with their core audience. You know, it's like, oh, so you just have to show, oh, I, I don't know to prove for that. Hey, the guy had an opinion. Look, someone, he, that's the book he grew up on. You know what I mean? When he was a kid, that's what he believes. So, so all of a sudden he has to stop believing it. You know what I mean? It, I don't I don't get that. I don't understand that whole logic behind it. If that's what he believes and, and that's what keeps him in the straight and narrow, whatever his life is, then let him fucking think like that. Who gives a shit? Well, with that, it was kind of like, look, you put them on air because they're yeah, they live living in the middle in of the woods. They live in the swamps. And so then, yeah. you can't expect them to ha- I mean, or rather, you shouldn't be surprised that they don't share the same progressive views that you do. Yeah. Except that then I remember seeing a picture of a couple of the Duck Dynasty guys, pre-Duck Dynasty, and they were clean-shaven, wearing like preppy sweaters at a beach. So Really? They, yeah. Maybe it was just that one, and now I forget their names. Anyway, okay, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. This is where people write in with things that they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? Batman says, when I'm in the shower, 98% of the time, I'm just sitting there thinking about life's mysteries. I'm impressed that you have a seat in your shower. I have nowhere I could sit in mine, but I do a lot of pondering in the shower. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. I come up with a lot of material in the shower. I'll go look at some new new like jokes that I have in my iPhone, and I'll just look at those ideas that I just threw in there, and I'll bring them into the shower with me. Yeah. Uh, do you also come up with ideas while driving? Is it a, like when you're unable to write? Yeah, driving too, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Pinella says, I am still the idiot who washes the spoon upside down under high pressure. Oh, I've done that. When you put a spoon or something under the faucet and then the water just shoots back at you. I guess you're not that idiot. No, I've never done that. Well. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's good. Congratulations. <laughs> You're drier. <laughs> Zintrady says, sometimes I buy on Amazon through the ARIYMBF page. Of course, thank you very much. Uh, I have it gift wrapped, so it's like I've received an unexpected gift. No, I've never had something that I'm buying myself gift wrapped. No. I don't believe in gift wrapping anyway. Even for some, for a gift you're buying someone else? Nah, you just throw it in one of those bags. You know those? The gift bags? Yeah, just throw it in that. It's yeah. like, what are we wasting time for? Well, even for your son. 
Definitely for a second. Well, you know, a couple of them you want because he likes to rip them right. apart. So I guess, but I don't know. I just, I'm not a big gift guy. I mean, I give gifts, but it's just like, it's gifts are for kids. Right. You guys are married. You get one nice gift on your birthday, a nice dinner, whatever. Do what you want to do. Take it to a nice restaurant, good bottle of wine. What else you want? It's too much pressure. There is so much pressure. I'm terrible with gift giving. I, I, it really stresses me out. You got the wedding anniversary, birthday, right. Christmas, Valentine's Day. You know, there's a lot of, if you got a kid, then it's a Mother's Day, Father's Day type of thing. There's way too much. Then you got New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know, because you have to do something usually New Year's Eve. And it's, it's all, it's, it's too much. My husband is really good at giving gifts too, which just raises the bar. Because I'm, like I said, I'm terrible at it and I psych myself out and I'm always stressed out by it. And for he's someone who enjoys it and is good at it. So yeah, my dad was like I that. I'm that. not. One time I got a girlfriend um, shampoo and conditioner and flowers <laughs> and I took her to dinner on Valentine's Day. But it was the good shit. It was like the $30 bottle. I was going to say. Like she's like, salon. oh, I love that. It's for, yeah, it's yeah, really salon good. Brands. So it was like, you know, it was, it was 60 bucks for the shampoo and conditioner. And then, you know, flowers and we went to dinner and I never heard the end of it. He got me shampoo and conditioner for uh, for thanks for uh, Valentine's Day. Can you believe like that? But you have flowers too. Yeah, I know. My, okay, so sorry. I didn't top the one I got you on fucking Christmas. I can't do it every time. I'm not going to do that. See, I feel like that's a good. Uh, yeah. What about the trip? To, what about the trip to Costa Rica? How did, can you fucking add that in and, and it makes sense? I think that's a good gift. Well, no, because uh, according to a lot of women, you can't get something that they need, like a, like a, a you know a new Apple computer because they need that. That doesn't right. count because you they actually needed it. So you didn't really put too much thought in it because she you know they needed it. So it doesn't count as a gift. I don't know how to fuck. I wish I would have known that because it would have saved me like 1200 bucks. <laughs> you know? See, I'm I, more. You, your, your computer is messing up. You need to do work on it. It's crashing this and that. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? I'm so backed up. I can't do it on my phone. It's just not. Okay. I'll let me go down to Best Buy. And then. I think that's a good gift. Then three weeks later. But that you, I needed that. That doesn't count. Wow. Okay. Next time, buy it yourself. Fate No Chaser says, just mirror everyone. When other people yawn in a conversation, it doesn't matter. But when I yawn, I'm sure they think I'm bored and hate them. Just reading the word yawn is making me yawn. <sighs> okay. Um, let's see. So when someone else yawns in a conversation, it doesn't matter. But when I yawn, I'm sure they think I'm bored and hate them. I kind of have the reverse, actually, which is when I yawn, I feel... It, it is never because I'm bored. It's always for whatever. It's just because my body is yawning. And I hope that the person won't take it as an insult. And I try to say something like, it's just that my body needs oxygen. But if someone else yawns while I'm talking to them, I'm convinced that they're bored. So I'm the reverse of this guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't look too much into it. I, def, I yawn a lot and I'm not, it's not like I'm bored. I just, you know, just there's sometimes at a day you just yawn. You, you yawn. Yeah. yeah. Chicken says, I get unnecessarily angry when the emoji I need doesn't exist. Why is there no robot emoji? No, I don't have that. Well, just write robot then. <laughs> How about you do that? R-O-B-O-T. Takes Bru two, two seconds to do it. <laughs> Bruised by Dawn says, I'm already missing the hour I'm going to lose this weekend. Has hashtag daylight savings time. So I'm a little behind in these. In the yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, wait, we're in June. No, this was from back in March. Okay. Uh, yeah, fuck daylight saving time. 
There's no reason for it. Absolutely I, none. I hate it. it. You know, in New Jersey, the morning East Coast at like 4.30 in the afternoon in February, it's dark. Yeah. It's miserable to begin with. There's ice all over the place. There's no reason at 4.30. And now, you know, it, at like 8.30, it's, it's still light out. Right. Should always be light out. And the whole theory is, well, those kids at the bus stop, it's dark in the morning. So what? Fucking watch. That's where you had the kid. You watch them. <laughs> Sky Cooley says, far more than bottom rack, I dread having to empty the dishwasher's top rack. Oh, no, no. The top rack is easier than the bottom rack, except the utensils are pretty easy, but there's all that bending over. No reason for dishwashers. Get rid of them. Oh, my God. I totally I disagree. have one in my house. I don't, I've never used it once. Ugh. I no can't. reason. This you can clean you it. I got me. no. I got a, I got a sponge. I got soap. I wash them. I put them in that little drain thing or whatever. And then when they dry, I use them again. I mean, I was with I you on the eliminate case, that step. I don't. I, I I know how to wash something. I know how to get shit off a fork. I know how to clean a pot. I clean it. I put it in there. It dries. I use it again. No, that's that's an unnecessary step. Hands. It's an unnecessary step. The dishwasher, Jeff. Dining rooms need to go. No more dining rooms. People, it's not the 50s. People don't fucking get dressed up to go to dinner anymore. It's a waste of space. Just put police tape around a dining room because nobody uses it. <laughs> that's why I knocked out the wall in my kitchen. Now I, it's one big kitchen. And that's where I'm going to put my drum, my kid's drum set. And no reason for a dishwasher. Just fucking, just clean them. Why are you cleaning them a little and then putting them in there? Just clean them right there. You, it's another step. And then you got to wait. And, and you, I always got a favorite cup that's got to sit in the fucking dishwasher for a week because oh, it's not okay. filled. Yeah, I don't have seven in the, the cup that I like. There's a bowl that I like. There's two spoons that I like and a fork. And now I got to wait. Oh, it's not full yet. I don't want to start it. We're going to waste water. All right, waste it. You were in the shower for 30 minutes. You wasted water in there. Can I have my fork, please? What's special about the fork? I don't know. I'm just using that example. I used to have this one like spoon that I like to eat cereal with, mm. and it was always in the dishwasher. I had to wait five days. So I used to just take it afterwards, and I'd put it in my room dirty <laughs> just so it wouldn't, I wouldn't have to wait because the dishwasher wasn't full. I have, you- a, I have a mug that I like to drink out of every morning, sure. a coffee mug. I'm not putting it in the dishwasher, and I can't have it till Saturday because it's not full. That's stupid. That doesn't make sense. I'm just curious about this spoon. Was it a teaspoon size spoon? Was it a tablespoon? No, it was a big one. It was a big tablespoon. Yeah, and it was perfect for cereal. And I like that one. I don't like a little spoon, my cereal. I want a big one. Jeff, dishwashers, I feel like you probably don't have one. I don't have one. I haven't had one in a long time. And the last time I had one, never used it. There I'm with go. Jim on this one. There you go. <sighs> because I have... I, I love dishwasher. <laughs> Moving into a place with a dishwasher was a big... Was a, a priority for me. Do you have no special dealies? You don't have a special class? I do, class, but we run mark? our dishwasher a lot. Oh, okay. But no, I know what you mean. I have a few special dealies. I've got my collection of special dealie cups. None, they, they don't match, but I have more than one. Yeah. Um, in fact, a few of them, I feel like I have too many of them because there's, there's the A group, the ones I really like, and then there's the B group. And lately... Uh, I just I keep there's too many bees. I'm gonna have to downsize. Just t- toss them. I think I need to. I just throw them away. I think if you have a lot of like a big family or something, and you're going through a lot of glasses that need to be washed, that's one thing. But yeah, the, the last time when I had a dishwasher growing up, I don't know if it was a better dishwasher. We just didn't care. But you would just throw the dishes right in the dishwasher, and they got clean. But nowadays, every time I see somebody working a dishwasher, it's like you said, Jim, people 
oh, you got to wash them off first. Well, if you, if you get under the sink with a sponge, just finish it and you're done. Like you have to wash them to put them in the washer. Yeah, like although you, you hear that it, they actually work better if you don't. I don't know if that's just dishwasher propaganda. Like yeah. if you have sauce on on a plate, washer. you want to wash it off right off the bat, then stick it in the dishwasher, and four days later, it's crusted on there. Right. It's probably not gonna it's not gonna work. So you got to wash it anyway. So why are you washing it and then putting it in to get it washed again? I am convinced you didn't you didn't need a bowl of Ebola. There wasn't a bowl of virus on your plate that you might have to rinse it through the dishwasher. It was your husband had a spoon and he was and he was eating. Yeah, if it's just a couple of how people, much germs yeah. are we worried about here? Yeah, sorry. If I use a plate, oh, here's something I do. Here's a just mirror, everyone, that I've never told anyone about. If I use a plate or spoon or fork or something in the morning, instead of putting it in the dishwasher, I will, if it's like reasonable, reasonably clean looking, I'll just put it there and then I'll just use it again later. So I will oh, yeah. use dirty dishes later. My dad, uh, my stepmom told me this, that when she first met my dad, he had this move where he would take his dishes and if they weren't terribly dirty, he would just put them in the fridge. <gasps> I do that sometimes. <laughs> Why the fridge? Because his reasoning was, if it's if it's not sitting out, no germs are going to build up on it in the fridge because it's cold. So rather than leaving it on the counter and just reusing it, if he keeps it chilled, the germs can't breed in the cold environment, and then he can just keep reusing the plate. And to it can't... I, sorry, go ahead. To which I said to her, and you married him anyway, huh? <laughs> that, this is, that was one of the... So when I first started doing Just Me or Everyone... That was my, one of my initial just me or everyone's that I sometimes put dirty dishes in the refrigerator. My thing was at this point I was living in Brooklyn where I was always afraid of mice or insects or anything like that. Uh, so I was like, they can't be attracted to it in the refrigerator. Oh, that's Whereas true. if I have a dirty bowl in my sink, then that could draw them. Right. So yeah, I had a bunch of dirty dishes in my refrigerator. Yeah, he would just reuse them. Okay. Ashley Kirk says, every time I walk past a reflective surface, I attempt to not check myself out, but can't resist. I don't even attempt to not check myself out. I just look at myself in any reflective surface. You, Jim? Um, once in a while. But not regularly. Yeah. Oh, and then here's one. Kristen Lischold says, I don't know how to wear bottom eyeliner. Hashtag gal chat. Hashtag I'm 30 years old. Hashtag just me or everyone. Do you ever wear makeup? On you know, I have to do TV stuff, but I I hate wearing makeup. So I just tell them I got my skin's allergic to it. I'll oh break, really? Oh yeah, I'll break out. And they'll just let you not wear it? Yeah. Most of the time I go, maybe you just want to put a little powder, but that's it. I don't want to I don't want to wear it. I work on a TV show where we talk about like Rush, the band <laughs> Rush. Okay. There's forty year old males that watch our show. They no one's care. turning the channel if my forehead's a little shiny. Nobody gives a shit. It's just three fucking guys from New Jersey just talking about hard rock and heavy metal. I don't need to wear makeup for that. Do the other guys wear makeup? Yeah. Have you tried to get them to turn the corner? No, they'll do, they just they like wearing it. And then and then you have to take pictures before the show to photographer. They're like, you got to get my the Bruce like you got makeup first. I'm like, why? And I'm like, why? I don't. Ninety nine point nine percent of pictures I take, I'm not wearing makeup. Why do we? Why is it so important to put makeup on at two in the afternoon? Because the photographer's coming. I got to wear it for five more hours. So, right. No reason for makeup. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Guys shouldn't be wearing it. News guys should be wearing it. You know, because they have to look orange. Yeah, exactly. The weather guy, the guy behind. Yeah, but not for me. 
bold. It's bold of you to tell them no. Uh, plus, I don't want it's all. It's all chemicals. I don't want that chemicals seeping into my skin. You got organic makeup? Maybe I'll put it on. Ooh, have you ever had the airbrush? Because then you really inhale it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we're talking, I have like a thick coating of it on my face because I did a TV thing earlier. No, but you got look. It's different for women. It is absolutely. You have to, but yeah, you know, and women wear in general, which is fine. But there's no reason for a guy. You know, if you're doing a movie and you're doing a whatever, a Louis show, I didn't wear any makeup on. Nothing. It's perfect. Just show up. Doesn't matter. Guy shouldn't be wearing it. All right. I'm with you. Jeff, makeup? Uh, I concur. Oh, but I feel like I should address her just mirror everyone, which is... Uh... I also don't know how to put on bottom <laughs> mascara, if that was the question. <laughs> Maybe it's your eye shape. I think there are certain eye shapes that uh, are better with bottom eyeliner and certain that aren't. Unless you're talking about lining the waterline, um, which some people do and some people don't. And it's a very specific look. Okay, then. That was just me or everyone, you guys. I'm so glad I don't know anything about any of that. I'm so so glad. Yeah, and and don't put any chapstick on because once you put it on once, you have to put it on the rest of your life. Wow, that's how fast you put chapstick on a lot. I don't he's, put on. He's hooked. No, no, I know because no. he has to carry it everywhere. It's like right. Your partial credit. Yeah. <laughs> if if the chapstick has mentholatum, I think it is in it. Then oh. it's addictive. But if you if it doesn't have that, then it's fine. I do put chapstick on, but not a lot. <laughs> I can stop anytime I want. Dude, you stop. Try stopping. I'm telling you, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Have you, it, did you go through this? Or no, you I never did because they would try to put it on when you're getting made up and mm-hmm. doing TV. Let me put some. I go now. I go because I don't want to be putting on the rest of my life. What are you talking about? I go. Everyone that I know to put chapstick on has to walk around with it. If they don't have it, they freak out. You know, I gotta get. I gotta stop and get chapstick. I go. Why? It's July in New Jersey. It's 80 degrees and sunny. You don't need chapstick. It's not the winter time. Yeah, it was a California thing. Like when I moved to California, just it's so dry out here. I just got dried out instantly. I never, I never use it on the East Coast. There's a thing they put in there where it just you, you get addicted to it, and your lips just keep getting dry. And you have to keep putting on. Same thing with like with hand cream in the winter time. Once you put it on once, then you got to put it on the rest of the winter. I don't even put it on. Oh yeah, my hands never feel more dry than when I put cream on them. Yeah. Yep. Just today, I was freaking out. I could not find my specific lotion I was looking for. See? Uh, and also, you know, another thing that's supposed to be addictive is nasal spray. Yeah. Well. Don't do that either. Try not to. Are you an organic kind of guy? Yeah. All Everything? Not everything, but a lot of stuff, yeah. Shampoo and conditioner? Yeah. What do you use? I don't know. Whatever shit they have at Whole Foods. Oh, you're a Whole Foods guy. Well, there's one right by my house. It makes it easier. It's like right. a mile from my house. Two yeah. neighborhood store. Yeah. Um, Jim Florentine, where should everyone go to find you? Um, at my website, jimflorentine.com or, uh, Mr. Jim Florentine on Twitter. And I'll be Amy Schumer's new movie, July 17th, Trainwreck. I got a little part in it. Awesome. Everyone will keep their eyes peeled for that. And you do dates pretty frequently. So everyone can go to your website to find those dates. Yes. And your yeah. special will be coming out soon. Soon. Yeah. They're working on shopping and stuff right now. So it's probably out by the end of the summer. I'll have a new comedy special out called uh, A Simple Man. You don't know yet where it's going to be coming out. No, right? there's a couple different places that, you know, so we're trying to figure it out. That's why I'm right. out here, too. So. Very cool. You guys. Gigantic news. We have two ringtones now available. Hey, go fuck yourself. And the brand new, well, brand new that it's available for you. Touch the tushy. 
touch the tushy, touch, touch the tushy. It's a long story. You need this for your phone or just for your summer, for your hot summer jams. It's kind of more of a single than a ringtone, I think. Although you could you could make it a text tone, a ringtone. You could just listen to it. The public demanded it, and now the public is demanding even more. So anyway, you can get these for all platforms on gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen, G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com slash Allison Rosen. It's a link to it in the blog post for this episode. And um, we have two special bonus episodes available. Those will be re- available on Gumroad soon too, but right now they're on iTunes for $1.99 each. They're in the comedy album section of the iTunes store, uh, recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa and the former Thursday gang. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, perhaps some chapstick, which you don't need, click through the banner on my website, allisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. There's PayPal links on the right side of my website, allisonrosen.com. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F-Show at gmail.com. Jeff, where should we go to find you? You can find me on social media at Colonel Jeff Fox. And my podcast, Barracuda Radio, is available at barracudaradio.com. And I'll have a column coming up in at lipbalmanonymous.com. <laughs> oh, I have a podcast, too, Comedy Metal Midgets. I forgot about that. Where should and, everyone go to find that? Um on iTunes okay. or my website, JimFlorentine.com. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll, let's, you know what? We should have a, our own uh, a ringtone. There's no reason for dishwashers. I would only have that on my phone, ironically, because everyone knows my feelings. I just don't. Th- sorry to go I'm back gonna, into I'm this. Gonna, I'm going I'm to turn you. I'm telling you. You're going to go, yeah, he, maybe he's right. When you go, I want that because she, she's. In two days, she's going to pull out a coffee mug. And she's like, oh, I want the other one. Oh, it's in the dishwasher. Yeah, it's dirty. I don't really like this one. I like that big one. I feel like a big cup today. Like, uh, he's right. Why don't I just rinse it out and put it in the thing over here? And then I could just use it again today. Now I got to wait till Saturday. I think that my, I know that I'm probably not correct, but my sense is that dishes get cleaner in the dishwasher versus me washing it out. And then I feel like I have to rinse it forever. And I just, I'm kind of afraid of soap bubbles. Okay. But we're not, what is going on those plates? Is there turds landing on those plates? Sometimes. Really? No. Well, then you should probably just throw that dish out. (laughs) It's just whoever lives in the house eating on it, which is food. Yeah. It's not, there's not a lot of germs. No, but I'm saying that I feel like when I wash it in the sink, I can't get the soap out. Maybe I should just get rid of soap. Just maybe using too much soap. Maybe. Use less, rinse it after the soap, and then rinse it good and just stick it in there. Once in a while, you will get a soapy. You will get a soapy cup uh, from not putting it in the dishwasher. Once in a while, I do. I'm like, all right, well, that tasted like soap. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It is for me. It would be. I don't have a lot of rinsing problems. Really? Yeah. Every now and then, I'd get a mug and I'd make a cup of coffee, and I go, "There's a little bit of foam in there." But Ugh. just yesterday, I mean, this is how fresh this was. Washed a whole frying pan, rinsed it out. Flipped it over to put it in the drying rack. So see, like that, I would hand wash. Covered in suds on the butt of the pan. And I was like, oh, thank God I saw that. And then I rinsed it off and it was fine. But I'm just saying, it's those kind of close calls. Using too much soap. That must be the problem. You know why? Because I think I have the Dawn that's like nine times as 
nine times concentrated because everything is concentrated now. Yeah, you can so water it's, that it's down. It's a one-inch tall bottle that lasts you 14 years. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I didn't have a problem with full-size dish soap. I don't know why we have to be concentrated. I'm not traveling with it. Well, did you ever work as a professional dishwasher? No. I would have lasted half a day at that job. See, that's, I think that's why I don't have a problem with rinsing. I have many, years, many years of professional dishwashing. I was a dishwasher, too, so maybe that's where I'm... Yeah. I never thought of that connection. There did you, you ever go. burn your fingerprints off when you were a dishwasher? No, but I would eat the food out of the... Out of the bus tray. If it oh, wasn't yeah. Like a half a steak. or Oh, I can oh, see yeah. doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're like 14 years old, there's a freaking steak coming through. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Have you ever eaten food that is in a, if you're walking down the hall in a hotel and it's on a tray that someone put outside for room service to pick it up? I've eaten it. I've done it before. I've, I never I've really have. wanted to. Yes. I've really, really wanted to, too. And what stops me is the idea that what if the reason, and the same thing that stops me from picking up furniture off the sidewalk here, although in New York, we did it all the time. Everyone does it. Is the idea that, like, what if they threw it out because accidentally they had ashed into it or accidentally something gross happened to this furniture or food? One way to find out, taste it. Yeah, you're right. And I'm talking about the steak and the furniture. But <laughs> yeah, at 2.30 in the morning, you're walking through the hotel and you're hungry. That slice of pizza right. that wasn't touched, who cares? I mean, if it's a packet of crackers, nothing could happen to that. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for being on my show, Jim Florentine. Thank you for having me again. Um, I look forward to having you again next time you're in town and accidentally uncovering some sort of humongous thing that you're going through. Yeah, let's see what, what <laughs> in two years from now what, what shit I'm going to be going through then. I look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 